It's time for a new adventure. Welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Business. This is episode five of season two. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing well, Amy. You know, you always start asking me how I'm doing and I always think about, well, Amy, how are you doing? So tell me, how are you, Amy? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's nice and sunny out. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just feeling good. It was good to see you last night at the SBAM networking event. Uh, always good to see you out and about. And we talked to a few people about our podcast. So that's always good. So yeah, I'm excited about our guest. This is the first time I'm meeting her. And I feel like we talked a little bit before we started recording. I feel like we've been in the same room and networking circles and stuff, but this is the first real conversation I'm having. So I'm excited about it. So tell us who we've got. So today's guest is Melissa Rabideau, and she is the founder of Tinker Lab, which is a STEM learning center and more. But I have to say, first before Melissa, welcome. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, like Amy said, it's sunny out. So I woke up this morning and the sun was shining and I looked at the forecast. It's going to be like 40s. So here in Michigan, I'm like, I don't have to wear a coat now. So it's uh, it's been a good day so far. I love it. So Melissa, you and I have had the opportunity of meeting at different networking events, which it's always a pleasure to see you in a room much like Amy just shared. When we get to see people face to face, it's amazing. But I had the privilege of being at your facility for a member mixer that you guys hosted for the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. Yes. It blew me away. I, <laughs> I, you walk up and you walk in like you're walking into maybe a retail store, a storefront that mm -hmm. supports STEAM learning. But when you get inside, it is amazing. So first, I would like for you to share with all of our listeners Tinker Lab. Tell us about Tinker Lab. The short answer of what is Tinker Lab is we are a STEAM learning center. So uh, a lot of people are very familiar with STEM. Uh, my aunt, years ago when I started this, she has worked for National Endowment of the Arts out in DC. And uh, she said, you have to include the arts in what you're doing. You must include it. So we took STEAM, or STEM and turned it into STEAM, which is a very common term nowadays. So we have science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. That's the basis of what we do. Um, and so as a learning center, that means that we can work with toddlers, we can work with elementary students, middle school, high school, and even adults. Um, and so we have two different things going on with Tinker Lab. We have our STEAM Learning Center, which is kind of the public facing side of things. You can walk in any time of the day. We have retail that's based on STEAM concepts. So if you want to buy some robots or you want to buy some interactive toddler toys or a book about dinosaurs, we have those kinds of things. We also do birthday parties and field trips. Uh, right this second, as we're talking, I have toddler classes going on, a toddler music class. So I can't guarantee that it's going to be quiet on my end because <laughs> they're always running and screaming and slamming doors and all of that. So uh, we have those kinds of things. Uh, Girl Scout troops, we just opened up our splatter booth, meaning you go into this booth, you gown up, any age can do it, and you take paint and throw it. And you can create different types of artwork in the splatter booth. So we have that for the public side of things. But then I also have a childcare and preschool about three doors down. So we're in a strip mall on the corner of Park Lake and Grand River. Um, and so one end of it is our childcare and preschool. So there it's 18 months to five years. 
And everything we do is all about getting the kids hands-on, getting them building, thinking from a really young age. So they learn, um, they do a lot of sensory play. They do their own age-appropriate STEAM classes every day. And then they can also come down here to what we call Tinker 2.0 and play in our learning lagoon, which is the toddler play area down here. There's so much that we could unpack on that. And I wish there's got to be an opportunity to have a bigger platform for you to share your story and what you're doing, because this is just amazing. Yeah. One of the things, the night that you held the event for the Lansing Chamber of Commerce, you shared how this came about, how you got started in this and a little bit about why and Some of it was that pitch competition that you guys did. Can you share with our listeners about that? I had gone to school. I had gone to U of M for healthcare administration. Um, I have my bachelor's in that. And when I graduated, I couldn't find a job that I wanted. It was at a time period when, you know, I had my bachelor's. I was competing with people who have their master's and their PhDs. And so I wasn't able to have the same like opportunities in the job market that they did. And so... My dad was, has always been a builder. He has always been a maker and he wanted to invent a dog bowl because we have basset hounds. And something about basset hounds is their ears are constantly falling in the food and water dish, which is gross, but it also causes infections. Mm -hmm. And so we were spending about $1,000 a year just on treatments for these ear infections for our dog. And my dad was like, if there was a bowl that just kept his ears out, that would eliminate some of the problems. So he went down into the basement and he used uh, copper tubing, tin foil, and wire. And I remember going down there and he had like a blowtorch and he was in her basement using his blowtorch to like bend this copper tubing. And I was like, the house is going to burn down. Something's going to happen. But he came upstairs and he put it on the ground and the dog ate out of it. And his ears were on the outside of the bowl. And I was like, well, there's something, maybe there's something to this. So Leap was doing a pitch competition called The Hatching. And there were four or five people and you could go in and you could pitch your idea. The audience and the judges would decide who they thought had the most, not necessarily the best idea, but the most, the idea that could move forward the best. And so they picked my dad's invention, which was called the Poochie Bowl. Um, And so we got started with actually coming up with the actual designs. Um, I mean... So this event was held in Beggar's Banquet. And for the finale, you know, we brought the dog in to Beggar's Banquet and had him eat out of the bowl. And I think having the dog there really kind of sealed the deal because, you know, the room erupted when the basset hound walked in. What we were able to then do was my dad was able to create this dog bowl and we started selling it. Well, when we started selling it, I met a lot of other inventors who had also made products, but they had all started when they were kids. And so... I was like, there's something to this kids and invention thing. And so I wanted to explore more of that. So we opened up a store and I was just going to sell dog products made by inventors that we knew and uh, teach kids about invention. And I was just going to do it for the holiday season because, you know, what do people buy for holidays? They buy stuff for their kids and for their dogs. And after those three months, I was like, there's something to this that we need to explore. Um, because I had started a class that allowed kids to come in and just take things apart. We called it Take Apart Tuesday. It was a free class. And the day that I had 14 little kids and all of their parents inside of my 700 square foot store, I was standing outside of the store and I was looking and I'm going, there's 
something that I need to do with this. I either need to kill it and squash it or I need to grow it. Um, and growing, it was really scary for me. And so I said, you know what, let's just, let's grow this thing. And so we ended up moving to a 4,000 square foot store in the mall, really building it out, kind of took the dog stuff away, focused more on the kids. And that's how Tinker Lab was started. And that was back in 2014 that I started that. Such a great opportunity for the inventors. And I think that's the thing that really stuck with me because, you know, you were talking about people that were inventing things that got in trouble in school because they were taking things apart. And, but to really focus on the growth and development of our youth, of our future is so critical. How did the daycare tie into all of this? So when we were in the mall, because I had my store in the mall for about seven years, I was noticing we worked with kids who were kindergarten plus. And that was my, I was adamant that we were going to stay at kindergarten plus. But little siblings would come in and I started noticing that depending on the child, they were either incredibly interested in building things or they had no interest whatsoever. And so I started studying the toddlers as they came in. And I realized that if they have an engineer type brain, it starts really, really young, you know, nine months to a year, they are obsessed with building things and creating things. And I thought, why are we not doing something for these little ones? Why are we making them wait until they're in kindergarten? One of my videos that I had done years ago was I was asking kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they could spout off, I want to be, you know, a a fireman, I want to be a policeman, I want to be a doctor. And they could tell me. But when I asked them what they wanted to be right now, they kind of froze. And they couldn't really articulate what they wanted to be right now. And so then we would put them through a class of, you know, we're going to invent things or we're going to build things. And after that class, I would ask them again, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they could tell me. And then what do you want to be right now? And all of a sudden they could say, I want to invent things right now, or I want to be, do art right now. And with the kids, I wanted them to understand that they don't have to wait until they're 18 to be something, that they can be something now and start their brains moving now. And it was the same with the toddlers. I said, why am I making these toddlers wait until they're you know six years old to have access to these building type programs when they want to do it right now? So um, we created the Learning Lagoon in the mall store. And that was a drop-in play area where the toddlers could come in and play. Um, And then COVID happened. And we had to shut down for a while because we weren't, I mean, we were retail. We weren't essential. And all of our kids were missing out on so many things. And I was thinking, how can we make ourselves essential? Uh, because I don't know what the future is going to bring, you know? And so how can I create myself in my business? Because the other side of it, while I love what we do and there's this purpose and passion behind what we do, I also have a business to run and I have employees that I need to make sure have paychecks and I have responsibilities on that side. And that's just the business side of things. You just have to think about those. And so how do I create myself to be essential in the future so that I can make sure my business doesn't go under? And I thought, what if we had a childcare and preschool that focuses on STEAM education from the very beginning? So they come in at 18 months and all of a sudden they're building and they're getting these sensory experiences. So then by the time they're five, six years old, it's not a new thing that they're learning. It's just a continuation of what they're learning. So I'm sure the burning question for all our listeners with kids... (laughs) 
Do you have any openings in your daycare currently or a wait list? We, we do have openings. Yes. So we constantly have kids that are aging up. You know, we are very like Montessori-esque style. We are not Montessori. We're not, you know, we're not um, licensed for that. And we haven't had any of that training. So I want to be very clear with that. But we are very, you know, child-led, play-based learning. And so because of that, a lot of our students will age up into a Montessori style. So we constantly have kids moving through and going into, you know, their Montessori classes. And um, so we do currently have some openings, but they do fill up quickly. I'm sure they do. You are you are such an inspiration. You're really speaking my language because I always, when I work with businesses, I'm like, don't wait till you're 50 something like I am to figure out who you want to be when you grow up or to actually do it. You might know, but just to, to pull the trigger and do it. So um, speaking a lot of my language, but what are you most excited about? What What does 2023 or beyond really look like for you that brings you excitement? So we have been constantly in a place of trying new things. And so we are at heart makers and experimenters. And so having the kids come in here, that's one of the things that we kind of have to retrain them on. They're so scared to try because they don't want to do it wrong. And so teaching them about it's an experiment. It's just as important to figure out what does work as it is to figure out what doesn't work because that's what's going to help you next time. So there is not right or wrong. It is a test. It's an experiment. We see if it works and if it doesn't, we try something else. So Tinker Lab has been an experiment for the last several years. So this year, what I'm really excited about is we are able to start really growing. Uh, We have established who we are and what we do. I've established where I want this to go. So I've found a passion with the early childhood education and the childcare side of things, there's a huge discussion about it in the government at this point. And so being involved in that discussion and how can we support our childcare providers? Because it is an entirely new world um, for me to be in the childcare industry. And these, these workers and this, these teams are working with these kids day in and day out. And our kids deserve the absolute best. So how do we ensure that our teams are the best because the kids and their parents deserve that. So I'm going to be working a lot with that. And then, I mean, I am pedal to the metal. How can we grow? How can we do more? So looking at, you know, having more kids in our space and how, what other things can we do in our community? Can we open up additional locations? Those kinds of things is where I'm constantly pushing. Um, And then also how can we work with other child cares? So I understand that I have an asset when it comes to my team. Um, Like I said, my dad was a builder and he has, in essence, given all of his time to whatever I need him to do. And the creativity that he has uh, is astounding. So when you walked into Tinker Lab and you were, you know, you said you were blown away by how it looks, that is all my father. (laughs) He is the aesthetic genius. So I say, I want this play area and he makes it look cool. Or I want this splatter booth and he makes it, you know, functional and work. And so I understand that I have an asset with both my dad and the team that I have to create something that a lot of people don't necessarily have the ability to create. And I want to share that with other people and other child cares. Um, So taking our STEAM classes on the road, you know, if a child care wants to do a STEAM class, we can come into their center and do a STEAM class once a week, or we can come in and... Um, help them with, you know, their curriculum. So it's more hands-on. 
So working with these different smaller centers um, in the home-based locations so that those kids can still have access to what we have here and what we do here without having to create it themselves. Because there's a big investment. I mean, you understand starting a business, there's a big personal investment both in time and finances and figuring everything out. I've spent the last eight years figuring it out so now people can enjoy it (laughs) and they can benefit from it without having to spend that same time. As business owners, we wear many hats, but we can't do everything. One thing we definitely can't do on our own is legal advice and services. Katrina Hofstetter, the founding attorney at Cornerstone Legal, started her firm on the belief that everyone should have access to high-quality estate and business planning services and solutions that meet their needs and their budget. Katrina provides business formation and succession services. And as you know, we at the Adventures in Business podcast are all about supporting entrepreneurs in the Lansing area. And so is Cornerstone Legal. Start your business with the right legal documents in place and create the perfect succession plan to protect your business and get it ready to sell or pass on to someone else. Katrina can meet you in person or virtually for all of your business legal needs and can be reached at cornerstonelegalplc.com or 517-708-2222. If you want to learn more about Katrina, check out episode 47, where we interview her. CornerstoneLegalPLLC.com or 517-708-2222. Building your foundation, building your confidence, Cornerstone Legal. Mid-Michigan, are you ready to up your marketing game? This is the Mobstress of Marketing here to announce the 2023 My Mob Marketing Summit. Put it on your calendar right now, Thursday, May 11th from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. And please make note that we have changed the venue to the gorgeous 1111 event site in the Lansing Mall. Get your early bird tickets right now for only $35. Head on over to ZediaMedia.com. That's Z-E-E-D-I-A Media.com for your tickets for just $35. This sale will not last forever. We hope to see you there. Your presence will be honored. Your absence will be noted. Now that you've piqued everybody's interest and like Lisa said with uh, that you have some openings in your childcare, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you or find out more information about Tinker Lab. Uh, it is all on our website, which is tinkerlab.com. You can also call us. Our phone number is 517-500-TOTS, T-O-T-S. Uh, and we can answer any questions for you. Uh, But our new website is going to be launched really soon here. So all of that information will be available there. You can also follow us on social media. We have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have TikTok, and all of those handles are Tinker Lab. And that's T-I-N-K-R-L-A-B. Excellent. And as always, we'll put those links in our show notes. Wonderful. Thank you. Very good. Make sure, right? It's the Tinker with no E. T-I-N-K-R Lab, because that's important when doing the search. Yes. Fabulous. So I love the fact that the value that you're placing on your team and seeing what a huge asset they are. I've really been struggling with this concept of 
calling people human capital. And oh my goodness, it just, it just doesn't sit well with me because our, our people are so valuable because without them, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do. So thank you for investing in your team and a big shout out to Joe, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you're a big supporter of your daughter. This is just a great tribute to you as well, because I did see the space and I saw the dog bowls and I saw everything and it's so amazing. What are, what are some of the things or what is one of the biggest struggles that you're facing right now? I think one of the biggest struggles is myself, to be quite honest. I think that when you start something, especially if you start it unintentionally, um, you have in your mind, you're at this certain level. And it's a mental game, being an entrepreneur and having a business and growing and scaling and and constantly having that imposter syndrome. I mean, there's there's different thoughts on is imposter syndrome a real thing? Is it, you know, a valid thing? And whether it is or it isn't, I think as an entrepreneur, you go through all of these different growth phases and it's painful and it's uncomfortable. And if you're not willing to grow through it, then you're not going to expand and you're not going to be in a better place. And for me, that has been a major struggle because I still see myself as the person who's pitching in front of, you know, the hatching and is scared to death to go up and talk in front of somebody. When in reality, if you give me a platform to talk about my business, I'm going to stand up there and I'm going to talk for an hour. And I'm not that same scared person I was eight years ago. And so sitting back and looking and realizing, um, especially as women, when you can look and see the strengths that you have and the abilities that you have, and you're not waiting for somebody else to tell you what to do, um, is both a benefit and a curse because nobody is pushing you forward. You have to have that oomph within yourself. Uh, But at the same time, nobody's telling you that you're doing something wrong. So on my side, if I want to try something and it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I can do something different. Nobody's, nobody's going to fire me. Nobody's, I'm not going to get a mark on my, on my record. (laughs) However, I may not have money for that week. So there's a Mm -hmm. trade-off. I may end up losing the capital that I invested into that. So there's no safety net there. But I was, I was sitting back and I was looking probably a couple of months ago. So let me back up. I'm part of a group um, out in Texas. It's called Apex. And they have an app and you, every day you go into the app, it's called the G code and you put in, um, you know, the things that you're grateful for and the things that you worked on that day and the wins that you had for the day. And I was going through my G code for the day and I was doing what I was thankful for. And I realized that I'm in a position that a lot of people dream about being in. So I have personally never worked for anybody else after college. During college, I did some work, um, I don't know if you're familiar with origami. It's a brain injury rehab facility. So I was on staff there. I was a patient care tech for um, about three, three, four years there because I thought I was going to school for nursing. When my career path changed um, after that, I didn't work for anybody. So I've never had that sitting in a cubicle, hating my life feeling. I've never experienced that. Um, I started my business because I couldn't find a job. And I was realizing that I'm able to live out my dream every day. I wake up and I can come up with new ideas or I can start a new project. But also that I have 
15 people who are, have literally dedicated their working career life to helping make my dream a reality. And that really, really humbled me because they could work wherever they want to. You know, they could, they could go do whatever they want, wherever they want, whenever they want. And for whatever reason, they are excited enough about what I'm doing and what I've created that they want to dedicate their working life to helping me make it a reality. And it was a really sobering thought for me because they don't have to do that. You know, this was, this was an idea that I had in my basement that, you know, I sketched up on a, on a whiteboard and it's, it's something that they're dedicating their lives to. And so one of my biggest hurdles has been accepting that, that they are, um, passionate about what we're doing and that what I'm doing isn't just some basement idea anymore, but we're actually changing a culture and we're influencing the community and we're having a much bigger effect on people than I had originally thought we could. Um, And so getting out of my own head and getting out of my own way so that I can let these things grow and I'm not holding it back myself because of, you know, limiting beliefs, I'm going, okay, nobody's going to tell us we can't do things. So why are we not doing things big and bold and intense? Because there's nobody, there's no, I mean, there's state regulations, sure. But nobody's, (laughs) sure. But there's nobody saying you can't, you know, Mm -hmm. allow kids to experience this, or you can't develop this program so that the community can benefit. Um, one of the things that we've done is we have a nonprofit. We have a 501c3. It's called Hello Steam. And it's all about underwriting uh, Steam education for the underserved community. So we are able to adopt teachers or we are able to adopt classrooms and go into the schools or go into their classes and actually provide Steam programming for these kids. And what's really cool is, especially in the underserved communities, These kids are starting to see, oh my gosh, I can have some sort of control over something in my life right now. Mm -hmm. I can make something. I can build something. I can have value. And I'm really excited to see in another five-ish years where a lot of our kids end up at when they're graduating. Uh, Because, you know, they've started with us when they were, you know, six, seven years old. And it's going to be really cool to see, you know, when they're graduating, are they interested in the sciences? Are they interested in robotics? Are they interested in coding? Um, Because we've also been having to work with these kids on, we work with them on how to learn, not what to learn, because they are going to have to be prepared for careers that don't exist yet. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know what to teach them as far as the, the nuts and bolts of a career, but I can teach them how to discover and experiment and learn so that when the new careers or the new things come out, they can explore and discover and experiment with it and in essence, teach themselves. We heard a speaker, I think he was pre-pandemic at the Chamber of Commerce and he was speaking on robotics <laughs> and he was talking about people always think that If we go to robotics, they're going to take everyone's jobs. But what he was sharing and based on the statistics that he had at the time, he was, you just have to change your skill set. You just have to have a different skill. So what I hear 
the capabilities that you have are teaching from a young age the ability to come up with different skill sets and different things to look at and explore. And like you said, we don't know what the future holds in terms of all of that stuff, but yet giving them a foundation to start is huge. Right, exactly. And it's changing their skill sets, but it's also giving them opportunities to find out what they're good at. So we have a lot of kids who are um, possibly on the autism spectrum. So we are we are not a facility for kids with autism. I have to put that disclaimer out there. It's like, I am not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. We are not a facility for uh, that. We are not trained and in, in certified in working with kids with autism. That being said, we have a lot of kids that attend our projects and attend our programs that are on the spectrum or have sensory processing disorders or have ADD or ADHD. And there's, I am 100% convinced that there is a different level of brilliance that these kids have. And there's a different way that their brains operate because they may not be as good, a, a kid with ADHD, they may not be as good at reading and writing, but if you put an engine in front of them, they can take it apart they can reassemble it. They can see all of the pieces. They know how it works. I have one little guy who, um, you know, he struggles a little bit in school, but he loves plumbing. He loves plumbing and he loves pipes. So we bought a toilet, brand new toilet, and we did a take apart where the kids got to take apart the toilet, see what was inside, see how it worked, look at the mechanics, swap out a seat, swap out a handle. And this little guy went to town (laughs) because this was his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad and my grandfather always told me, if you can learn a trade, you'll never go hungry mm-hmm. because people yeah. will always need a toilet fixed. They will always need a light switch put in. They will always mm-hmm. need things. Um, and I was homeschooled for middle school and high school. And my senior project was building our house. Uh, since my dad was a builder, we built a house out in Eaton Rapids and I was required to be on the construction crew and learn every skilled trade along the process. So I know how to do everything from electrical and plumbing to roofing and driving a bobcat. I can do all of it. But with these kids, we're able to get them hands-on and we're able to see what lights them up and teach them these different skill sets so that they can then go forward and figure out what career they're excited about. I am so appreciative of what you're offering to the community I have grandkids. My kids are grown. It's like, where were you when my <laughs> you weren't even around? But I'm just, you know, this type of a concept because it's needed. It is really, really needed. And the collaboration that you're looking at doing with school teachers and the community is very much needed. And I am so excited about watching you grow and where are you going next? With that said, if you could give one piece of advice, you get to choose in what area for our listeners, what's a piece of advice that you have for the other business owners or the other people that are listening in on on this episode? Okay, so I have two pieces of advice advice here, but I need to know, is this a G-rated show (laughs) or is this not? So my, my, my favorite piece of advice is if you have to eat shit, don't nibble. So if you have to take care of something, take care of it because it's mm-hmm. going to it is going to affect you so much further into the future if you don't just dive in and take care of it. That being said, that's also if you want to do something, just do it. I hear a lot of people say that they're scared. Yeah. Scared of what? 
to fail at it, then you have to reprogram your mind because it's going to be an experiment. It's just like the kids. I don't want to try because I might fail. If nobody's going to die and, you know, the thing is, is you just lose some money, you can, you can find more money. There will always be more money. <laughs> and so, you know, you never know. It might just work. So if you have something that you want to try that you're excited about, you want to change something, change it. See what, what can be done, you know, where you can, where you can make a difference. So just dive in. Worst that's going to happen, you lose some money. Good advice. That's right. I've, uh, I've, I've done that five times. I've, I've owned five businesses. Some were good, some were not. And I'm just yep. going to keep trying. <laughs> I think any entrepreneur, any business owner has the things they're like, yeah, that, that one didn't work. Right. You know, it's, yep. it's not, the, the failure in business is not a bad thing. It's like I said, and it's, it's an experiment. And anybody you talk to who's at any level of success has those things that they're like, yeah, that one, we had to scrap that pretty quick. Right. Right. Well, you're definitely, uh, like Lisa said, really helping out our community and starting, starting off young. And I think that I like to hear more and more, um, instead of, you know, parents and educators saying, you can be anything you want to be. It's more like, let's figure out what you're really good at and what you want to do. And then giving them the tools to explore and figure those things out. And encourage it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Giving them a place that they can, they can really grow that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, it has been so great to have you on our show today. Thank you so much. I've loved learning more about the Tinker Lab and all the things that you are doing in the community as well as inside of your own place. So thank you so much. And I hope to uh, get out to see your place and see you at more networking events. Thank you. Come out and play. It's lots of fun. Come out and play. I love that. Thanks again, Melissa. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to airing this episode for all of our listeners, I will strongly encourage you go down no matter your age. She had things for everybody there. <laughs> and if you, listen, if you listened to Megan um, Dowell's class, you found that she's also doing classes inside of your facility to yes. help people with homeownership and how to do their own repairs. So lots of things for all ages and Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you. I enjoyed being here. And to our listeners, thank you again for joining us on another adventure. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that you listen to your podcast or at ZediaMedia.com, which is where you can also sign up to be a guest on our show. We hope you have a great day and as always, make it an adventure. This is a Xenia Media Production.